Hey guys, great to have you join us and we have three amazing people, Pastor John, Pastor Alan and Anita joining us to discuss the topic, the anointing. See you in a bit. Well guys, like I said, thank you for joining in. Hey, um, the Bible talks about uh, literal references as well as metaphorical references on the anointing. So let's start by talking about what is the anointing and what does it, what does it mean? So you could think about the anointing in terms of a literal application of oil um, as part of a ritual in the Old Testament of like a consecration to a particular office. Um, so there was an office holder, there would be a king um, anointed for his particular vocation in life and that was his public commitment uh, to that vocation. And uh, the non-literal would mean what does that signify? And so in the Old Testament he would be enabled by God to be able to fill that um, vocation and he would be expected to be faithful to that vocation. So that's um, probably in a nutshell what we're talking about mm. here with the anointing uh, to a particular vocation in life. Okay. Yeah. And your thoughts? I think uh, some people get hung up on the term anointing because they don't really think much about what it means and mm. they may associate it with particular streams of Christianity. Um, the, the Bible talks about the anointing in both the Old and the New Testament. Uh, and we need to understand what it means for us as Christians in yeah. the 21st century uh, to believe that God is anointing us or in enabling us uh, to, to live as Christians and to fulfil the call uh, to which he's called each one of us individually and to maximise that, uh, knowing that it's not our power that does that, but it's his enabling mm. and his strength within us, which constitutes the anointing of God upon our lives. Mm. Yeah, yeah. When I think of the anointing, I quite often go to Psalm 23, who says, you anoint my head with oil, my mm. cup runneth over. Um, and so the anointing was a very much in the Old Testament, a literal anointing where a prophet would anoint a king, as um, Anita said, or um, a priest, the priesthood, they're all anointed. It tells us in Exodus 30. Um, that there was a special anointing for the priest. And it was literally a, a horn of oil that was mm. poured over. And it signified a whole bun bunch of things. It signified being um, separated unto the Lord. Um, it's, it signified a special purpose that was required of that position. Um, and so there's a lot of things that it did signify. And that transfers over to the New Testament slightly, but not in full. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like, for instance, Jesus says in Luke 7 when he goes to Simon's house um, uh, and, the, and the woman comes and anoints him with oil um, and he says, well, she has honoured me by doing this. Um, Simon, you didn't anoint my head with oil. You didn't, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. And so it was a sign, of, even in the New Testament, anointing of oil was a sign of respect. It was a sign of honour. Um, and it was also a sign of beauty. Okay, they considered it beauty. And so... Uh, I think that's important for us to understand in the context of the new, and we'll get to that later, but um, just that the anointing of the Spirit of God on our lives, is, is, it's him honouring us. 
with his presence, you know, and it's, it's, it's knowing his beauty, you know. And so there's all sorts of metaphors and, and wonderful pictures that continue on into the New Testament. So, Elam, uh, just quickly, you talked about this. As Christians, we shouldn't be hang up, hung up on this, on, this, on this word, the anointing. Tell me a little bit more. What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean, I, th I think it's very easy for us to be carried along by some of the terminology mm. uh, that's used by different streams of Christianity without exploring what they actually mean. Mm. Uh, and, and the term, the anointing, in some respects, in some parts of the church, tends to be reserved for a special, uh, a more exuberant form of Christianity, a more visible, uh, a more dynamic form of public Christianity. But it's more than that. Yeah. And, and the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the anointing, the enabling, the strengthening that he gives us uh, is available to all Christians. Yeah. And, yeah. and everybody watching uh, this Pathways Connect can and ought to uh, believe that we can experience and live in the anointing of God upon our lives as Christians uh, to be enabled by God to live as Christians in an unbelieving world but to draw on the strength that he'll give us. Mm. And he anoints us to be his servants in an unbelieving world, to reach the world with the gospel uh, by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that is continually within us. And that's a really important point because Jesus' whole life was enabled by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was conceived by the Spirit mm -hmm. um, who hovered over Mary and he was anointed by the Spirit for his vocation when he was baptised yeah. uh, and that anointing he said, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me." This was after he was um, that. This was after he was baptized in the Jordan River because he's anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. Yeah. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. That was his vocation, mm -hmm. public, the beginning of his public ministry, and then he was resurrected by the Spirit. His whole life was enabled by the Spirit and that's the Spirit that he pours out on us to participate in that life, exactly yeah. as you said. Yeah. Um, that's our vocation, is to do good in the same way as Christ was anointed and enabled by the Spirit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think we've lost some of the meaning in modern-day society of what this anointing is mm. because um, it, was, it was a very, very understood con uh, uh concept in Jewish society. Yeah. And so um, like they were uh, the Jews were waiting for the promised Messiah. What does Messiah mean? The mm. anointed one. Yeah. Mm. And so there was this waiting for the anointing and I think it meant a whole lot more in their context than it, it does to us now. And there's lots of misunderstandings. Like I've heard people talk, uh, you know, I need to pray for a greater anointing. Uh, I, and, and I think, is it possible to pray for a greater anointing? Because if the anointing of the Holy Spirit is what we're talking about in this modern context, did I only get half the Holy Spirit the first mm. time? Mm. You know, and even things like in Pentecostal language, we, we used to say back in, back in the good old days, Alan, we used to say one baptism, many fillings. And it's almost this picture of, okay, I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but then I lost some. And then, and so I've got to be filled up again. Um, is that really the anointing? Do we do we get one anointing and many fillings, or do we have one anointing and we learn to 
flow in the increase of that or we can sometimes hinder that. You know, so there's lots of misunderstandings around the word anointing. And the and the Bible's really clear that we need to abide in yes, the life of yes, the Spirit. Absolutely. And so yeah. that's, you know, if we're talking about Jesus and his relation with the Spirit because they're one, I mean, they're, they're God, mm, mm. Um, then that was his life. Yep. He was, he, he, you can't um, give of the Spirit if you're not abiding in the spirit of Absolutely. life. And yep. that was his flow yep. and that's our flow and yep. that's why it's so be behoven <laughs> on us. Good word. Yes. <laughs> uh, to abide in the spirit. Yeah. That's, yep. that's we've been gifted with the spirit yep. and that's our life is to receive and abide in the spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And maybe something we miss here too because um, Jesus was his name but Christ was his title. Mm. And as Christians, we are taking the name of the anointed one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that, and in the Middle East, for example, they use the word Messiah, Mon Messiah, the same thing. They use the Hebrew, we use the Greek. But we're still talking about, you know, we, the followers of Jesus, the anointed one, mm-hmm. receive his anointing in our lives. Yeah. Uh, and, and by calling ourselves Christians, we need, it's a reminder to us that God calls us to live the anointed life. Yeah. All of us as Christians. All of us, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, and you touched um, a bit on this about, you know, Jesus being anointed. What does it tell us? What does it show us, Jesus being anointed as Christians today? You know, that Jesus being a model to us. Uh, and then the Bible talks about Jesus being anointed. What does, what does it actually mean to us? I, I like the passage in, in Acts 10.38 where Paul was talking in the house of Cornelius. Uh, we've probably all read it. It says here, uh, Peter says to Cornelius, you know uh, the message that the God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Mm. And there's something about Jesus went about doing good mm. yeah. in the power of the Spirit. Mm. And we are also called to go about doing good. In the power of the Spirit. We have the Spirit of Christ. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the issue, isn't it? Mm. That's, that's the issue. The issue is at, for all believers, mm. our anointing flows from Christ's anointing. Mm. And, um, and so people, people understand it's available for all of us. Um, there's only one New Testament anointing that I see other than flowing in that anointing of Christ. And there is the, in the early church, the anointing of oil to heal the sick. Mm. Um, and and that is very clearly in the New Testament represented. So in James chapter five. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So apart from that, our anointing is that anointing that is the anointing that flows through Jesus Christ. You know. Mm. So exactly. And with that anointing comes the the idea of consecration. Yes. Yeah. Which is why, as a church, over a number of years, we've had a consecration Sunday. Mm. Yeah. And uh, pre-COVID, we included anointing people with oil, mm. symbolic of a prayer that they would live within the anointing of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Yep. And so it's not just a, an experience for me. It's, it's, the, it's anointed to be consecrated, to be committed to him, to live in the power of the Spirit. Mm. Yeah. See, it's not, only mm. that we li- it's not only that we live a different life, we're enabled, enabled. to live a different life, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're enabled to give over to that life as well. Mm. It's, mm. A, it's this pattern of giving and receiving. Mm. Yeah. So Jesus was 
it's really clear in Philippians 2 that he gave himself over for the sake of the world. Yeah. And he was able to give himself over that like that because of the empowerment of the Spirit mm. who conceived him and empowered him for his ministry, yeah. resurrected him. And so when we consecrate, we give ourselves over and we receive the Spirit. Yeah. And so our whole life is one of giving and receiving and that's how we honour the Father mm-hmm. um, in the same way as Christ did. He came to honour the Father and to do his will. And that's what our vocation is. And we're enabled to do that by the spirit of Christ Mm. who he's poured out on us. He was the spirit bearer so that he could be the spirit baptizer. Yeah, I like that. That's great. Mm. That was his vocation. Yeah, great. And I love that uh, the idea of us having to do that right in the beginning of the year, Mm. you know, being able to, as a church, all that the consecration Sunday where we are yep. anointing people with oil, telling them, "Hey, we are set set apart. Yep. Let this year be a year mm. as we start this year. Let this year be a year of you setting yourself aside, setting yourself apart, uh, be enabled to do what God has asked us to do mm. for for, for mm. you know for for His glory." Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, we are going to take a break here, guys. But while we do that, why don't you take a look at our new segment of PJ's Top Three? See you in a bit. Hi guys, today I want to talk to you about going deeper in your relationship with God. You know, over the years as a pastor, I've had many people come up to me and they've said things like, we want deeper teaching, we want to know deeper truths, Uh, why can't we preach deeper stuff at church? And so I just want to give you three ways of going deeper. The first one is this. Okay, if you want to go deeper, you need to take personal responsibility for your own growth, for your own growth. It doesn't matter how many online things, YouTube things you watch, it doesn't matter how many great sermons uh, that are preached, but unless you take personal responsibility for your own growth, it won't happen. So that's the first thing, take responsibility for your own growth. The second thing is this, If you want to go deeper in your relationship with God and have a deeper revelation of God's truth, well then you need to do this. You need to take the Word of God and you need need to activate and apply it to your life. It's amazing how many people want their ears tickled with with, uh, words and with deeper teaching, but unless you apply it, unless you activate it in your life, you're never going to go deeper. Because wisdom is actually applied knowledge. Okay, it's taking knowledge, it's taking understanding and actually applying it in a very practical way to our lives. So that's the second thing. If you want to go deeper in your relationship with God, you need to activate and apply the truth of God's word to your life. The final thing to going deeper is simply this. If you want to go deeper, teach others. Teach others, disciple others. It's amazing how many people have incredible revelation knowledge from God through their devotion, through their prayer, and yet they never actually sit down and share that with someone else to help them on their journey. I know that as a teacher, having been a teacher, I know that one of the best ways for me to go deeper in my understanding was actually to relay it to someone else. And so I encourage you that if you wanna go deeper, take what you've got, and use that and help someone else in their journey in growing as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So those three things about going deeper, hopefully uh, you'll remember them and be able to apply those. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Well, guys, we've we talked about what the anointing is, what it means. We talked about um, the, the Jesus was anointed and, and all about that. Um, 
I was I was reading the scripture in one John, where John is addressing the church. There's some issues going on, Alan, and mm. um, and I just want you to just, if you can, just talk about that. You know, there was there's a group of people who who've just left the church, uh, and there's something in around the talks of a special kind of anointing. Can you can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I, I think we need to demystify. The anointing. I remember a conversation I had once with a group of Christians who said, well, we don't need to go to church, we don't need to go to Bible college, we don't need to have a pastor because 1 John says we have the anointing. And I'll, I'll mm. just read the verse and then put it in context. Yeah. Everything we read in Scripture we need to read in context. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he says, but you've received um, the Holy Spirit and he lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what's true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And it goes on. Uh, Earlier in his letter, John had said, but we came and taught you. Mm. He's not saying you don't need a teacher. Understanding the context of the New Testament, this, this book was written to people who were being uh, assailed by the Gnostics who said, well, we've got a better anointing than you. We've mm. got better knowledge than you. We've, we've got special insight and special knowledge uh, and, and our teachers have got a deeper knowledge of the things of God and the things of the Spirit that the ordinary Christians don't have. Um, and, and, and so John's writing to them saying, don't, don't buy any of that. You have the anointing. Mm-hmm. And the, the key to experiencing the anointing, right at the end of that verse, he says, just as he's taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm. So everything we believe as Christians, everything we really believe in our hearts has come to us by revelation. It's not mm-hmm. something we've mm-hmm. worked out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so he says... Don't be drawn by those who want to infer that they have a, a special anointing or a special revelation or a special dimension of power. Uh, it's the Spirit of God who does the work. Uh, and we still need teaching. We still need instruction. We still need to grow. Yeah. Um, and, and all of us need to rely on the enabling of the Holy Spirit in conjunction with those who are leading and teaching and, and helping us to grow in discipleship and grow as a church together. Yeah. And that's why we need to be together. That's why we can't uh, 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 be Christians in a corner uh, post-COVID uh, uh, hibernating. We don't need teachers anymore. Mm. We need that. Mm. We need the church. Yeah. Uh, and, but we need the Holy Spirit to make it come alive to us. That's why it's called the fellowship of the Spirit. Yes, that's right. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it sort of links in with what I was saying earlier on too, that um, we're all anointed by the Holy Spirit. Mm. Okay, there's one anointing. Um, and it's not, I, I don't believe that some people get a greater anointing than some others. But what I do believe is some people harness that anointing on their life by obedience, mm-hmm. hunger for the word, all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And, there's, and so there seems to be a greater flow of that anointing in their life. Where, and then there's other things that we can hinder. We can, we, we, we can stop that flow of the anointing, you know, mm. sin and disobedience and so on. And so what people say, uh, that person's got a greater anointing on their life or that person's you know, not as anointed, uh, it's a misunderstanding because mm. we're all anointed by the Spirit of God. Yeah. But there is a, a part that we play mm. and that is whether we're going to allow ourselves to, 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 to flow in that anointing by harnessing you know, being obedient, being hungry for the word of God, mm. being hungry for the truth, you know, praying, seeking him. Uh, or are we going to do things that might perhaps hinder that flow in our lives? But in saying that, I also think that there's 
certain occasions, and I, I don't know, you guys may agree on, or disagree, but I think there's certain occasions where there is a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit that's over and above the anointing that we carry where God just wants to manifest himself and do something in a particular way. And um, uh, I, I guess when we look at revivals in the past, that that's a... a that's a sign of that sovereign move of God and sovereign move of the Spirit over and above yeah. uh, the anointing that we carry as his kids. Well, so. we see that in the life of Christ. Like yes. he was the one anointed by the Spirit, but the miracles and the healings were mm-hmm. all signs yep. of his inauguration of the kingdom of God. So yep. they were like over and above. Yes. And so he, he, in his interactions with people, he did good. He released people and then there were these signs and wonders which were signs Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. were like almost like over and above um, instances um, which were, yes, you're the the anointed one. Um, And and I I absolutely agree and the the spirit is a spirit of surprise, his creative spirit, Mm -hmm. the spirit of Christ. I mean who would have... Who would have dreamed in the Jewish world around the Christ being Jesus? Yeah. And that spirit um, who birthed Jesus, that new creation that we participate in, yeah. complete spirit of surprise and joy and creation. Absolutely yeah. agree. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's true that some people do uh, on occasions or often in the life of the church have special callings and enablings and mm. gifts mm. to do certain things. But the focus is not on the recipient. The focus is on the giver. So whatever ministry, whatever ability, whatever enabling the Holy Spirit has given each one of us, uh, we need to maximise. But it's not about comparing with one another. It's about stepping out and doing what God's called us to do and Mm -hmm. he'll give us Mm -hmm. the enabling to do as we live in obedience to him, always with the intention of drawing attention back to him. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, the, and that revival, when you say revival, I think revive as in raise from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> what mm. a surprise that is. Yeah. Revive us, God, with yeah. your spirit of life. The, the, the same spirit that raised Christ from That's the exactly dead. That's exactly right. And dwells in us. Mm. Wow. Wow. Amen. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, guys. And just lovely hearing your, your insight, your wisdom. Well, that's the, all the time that we have for you. Our time here is finished, but your time has begun for discussion. Here's some discussion questions for you and prayer requests, so make sure you pray for them. God bless you. See you next time.